Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have a very special guest with us, Bill Sage. Bill, thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. How are you doing Happy today? Well, I'm good. Happy New Year to you, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So let's get started. Uh, you have a very long, impressive resume, okay, going back to the late 80s. I always love to hear, how did your journey into acting begin? Uh, tell us how you got into this business. Uh, well, you know, I was on a very different track. I was from a, from a military family, moved around quite a bit, and, you know, I was sort of expected to become either go into the military or become an engineer. And those things were, were fine for me, you know. Um, but I just got sidetracked about halfway through uh, uh, college and uh, and took an elective as and I never was in the high school plays. I was never um, any part of that and just hit me at the right time, at the right angle. And um, and then I auditioned for some uh, what they were called then was a, a theater professional theater training school. And so I got in the ones that I auditioned for and uh, and went to SUNY Purchase and uh, met people that I have worked with subsequently over, you know, I still work with them today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Hal Hartley, E. Falco, uh, you know, Robert Burke, uh, um, you know, many, many, many others. So it's, it's sort of referred to as the Purchase Mafia. That is, uh, that's great. I love to hear how everyone's different story i mean there are people that have trained and there are other people who just sort of backed into the business and once they tried it they fell in love with it looking back on your career and all the success that you've had uh are you satisfied with the choice you made do you love your job do you love acting i love it more and more the older i get i'm finding that i i i'm enjoying it i'm so grateful to to be able to make a living doing this and uh, and i enjoy the process of it more and more uh, just just the pure um just the the, the pure craft of acting it's just uh, i find myself loving it more and more and um it surprises me to tell you the truth because uh, it because it, it's it uh it's especially it's because i've done so many indies um they can take a pound of flesh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I love it. As I'm becoming one of the older people on set, or, or often the oldest person on set, um, it, it's I, I, I'm, I'm just more uh, charmed by it. Even with all the experience that you have, do you still find yourself learning new stuff uh, as you're going along? Constantly, constantly. I always w- want to see what what a new generation is bringing in. And one thing about being an actor and working in film, and and of course I've done a lot of theater, but and uh, you, uh, you're dealing with a lot of people from a bunch of different generations. But now like in indie film, you know, you have the very young people in their twenties are uh, starting out with a different technology and, mm-hmm. and I'd love to see how they're, how they're telling stories. 
when uh, we were growing up, of course, uh, TV was always kind of frowned upon uh, yeah. as an actor. Uh, everybody's goal was to be on the big screen. Now everything has reversed with uh, technology coming in. Uh, how has that transition been for you? And do you like it? Do you like where we are today where there is so much more opportunity and TV has become the new uh, golden place to, to land? Yeah, I, I think it all has its, you know, it's it's good and bad and um but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've really enjoyed doing uh, I mean, I've had the chance, the opportunity to do some really great TV. So, um, you know, it's, it's not usually the network stuff. I usually do, I'll do the, the network stuff that uh, allows me to, that keeps paying residuals and allows me to keep doing the, the indies that I still love. And it's a rough time for indies. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but independent films also... It's not something that existed back in the 80s and the 90s. It did exist, but it was, you know, not re not a lot of people had access to view it as opposed to today where, you know, you can make a film on a very low budget uh, and at least get it viewed. Uh, does your heart, like right now in where you are in your career, really lie in helping independent films and starring in them? as opposed to big studio films? Well, I miss the days of you could do a film and it would be playing at the end. You would be playing in, in art houses. And many of them have closed down. But uh, something like the Angelica Film Center is still yeah. around. And, and, uh, but so many of them have closed. And I, I miss that, I got to say. But you're right. I, I, there's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's many things that can be viewed, you know, on on uh, on television you know it, it gets out there exactly uh, and uh, you, you have had the fortune of playing a wide spectrum of characters throughout your entire career yes you can't say that you've been uh pigeonholed into playing just a bad guy or just a good guy you right. really have been blessed and played a wide variety of characters a lot of drama but then you have the horror that's been sprinkled yeah. in there in some big roles. Uh, in regards to you doing horror films, where does that lie in your heart? Do you enjoy doing horror flicks? I think at the top. I think that horror right now, particularly with my love for independent film, horror is a venue that, well, you can get, you can get something done. You, mm -hmm. can get, uh, you can get a budget for that. And, uh, you know, you have to be careful about what you're getting involved in, you know, but uh, uh, I, the horror fans, the people who appreciate horror at many different levels are the real, they tend to be, tend to be artists themselves. They tend to be, um, anyway, they're like nerdy um they're like nerdy hell's angels or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally the, understand. The best, the, the best fans. That just the, you know, I enjoy talking to them. Um, I enjoy running into them. You know, I don't know, man. I, I I'm, I've really fallen hard for for horror. That's and, great. Uh, and everything from the slow burn kind of stuff, like uh, you take.
make something like we are what we are mm-hmm. it's probably my the, the best time i've ever had doing anything i mean i've had, i always have a great time but that was special mm-hmm. and to like um you know to more threat like fender bender thrasher kind of stuff yeah um, so when a, so when a script comes your way uh let's say a horror script and you're reading it they're asking you to be a part of it what is it that you look for on whether or not you want to be a part of this project that's a good question um well first the quality of the script you know but some you know sometimes you just end up having to do what's next so that's that that really is a part of it too yeah but I, I, lo- I like, I look for certain uh, archetypes, you know, what is, and I love, I love that horror can veil, uh, you, you can, you can put a great story, you can put um, like a really heavy kind of um, message in there that, that uh, something that might be going on in society. Exactly. You can, you can really couch it in, in horror. Horror is um we need that place where we can be disarmed by our uh, uh our demons and but but have it in the you know but have it in a safe space it's important to it, you know it is uh, and, and i'd love to be a part of that and, and horror like i mentioned it with my guests yesterday it's a great uh, outlet for social commentary uh, to make a huh. statement on what's going on in the world today and mm-hmm. horror seems to be a great outlet for that so you were in the wrong turn reboot okay it wasn't a sequel it was a reboot now the wrong turn it has uh, a significant cult following uh, and you know they decided to reboot the franchise what are your thoughts of reboots in general? Um, you know, and then we'll dig deeper when it comes into the wrong turn uh, reboot. But what are your your feelings and thoughts on reboots in general? In general, um, I don't like it. In general, I want I want new material. I, you know, just don't keep doing the same old thing over and over. Yeah, I want to see I want to see things that that they might want to reboot. You know, things are getting rebooted so quickly. Yes. Uh, so now's the time of like really dig in, dig into. Don't just go back to our own nostalgia. Now that look, but that said, I, I love working on the foundation, and I, I love that um, you know that Alan was a part of that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought that, that it took a very, you know, I mean, look, um, we are what we are was a, a version, but very, very different than um, the original uh, version that they had done in Mexico. Um, and, you, you know, it was, and it was better than the original, for sure. Um, and this is, I, I mean, I think, I, I really love the film. I mean, and I don't come away from everything that I do feeling that way. I love the film. I, uh, when I read the script, um, you know, I, I thought it was very good. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it sort of, it, it came to me, um, 
because the, the the character was described as something very very different mm-hmm. and it it came to me through um an actress that i worked with before uh katia winter we've done we did the wave together we were in the catch together um um there was so there was a uh nancy nair casted it and uh dominica uh i forget her last name but um she's a casting associate there's a friend of uh katia yeah. and she sort of made it happen um, no, no. and i was great i was thrilled to be a part of it i, I really loved working on it so were you a fan of the whole wrong turn franchise leading up to that you know the, I only saw the first one. I only saw the first one, and I did. I, I really did the um, the one that uh, uh, um, you know. I, anyway, it's been a, it was a long time, but uh, I did. I, I really did like the first one. They had some great actors in it. Um, it was great. Yeah, great. It, it was yeah. great. So here now, let's. Go. They made like I know they made like six of them. Um, yeah. So to reboot something like that, you know, but. Um, if it, 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 you know when I first heard about it, I was like, nah, no, no, no. Well, that leads yeah. me to my next question because yeah. Wrong Turn, like I said, has a, a very specific cult following. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so now when you take that and you reboot it, it's risky. Okay, because that, as you know, horror fans are very loyal and if you take their franchise that they're a fan of and you decide to reboot it, there's a, a good chance you might go the wrong way and upset a whole range of fans. Did that at all ever cross your mind? Or when you read the script, you're like, you know what? They're doing this the right way and I want to be a part of this. Yeah, I thought that I thought that, that, that this goes, I mean, I just saw the first one, um, and I thought that this go this goes deeper. This is you know, this is uh, this is more interesting. This is you know, it's uh, look. But I have a love for the blood and guts thrasher kind of stuff. I love that too. I love it, <laughs> and I love The Shining, and I love you know things like Don't Look Now. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Nicholas wrote. Oh God. Julie Christie and uh, Donald Sutherland. I mean, that's that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I love the Freddy Krueger stuff. So, um, no, I wasn't worried about it. I I think we made a good, uh, a very good film. Um, Was also know. Alan's participation in this film uh, also make the decision easier on you to take this role? You know what? I think it did. I think I think that was really important. You know, the fact that he was involved in it, um, you know, meant that it was going to be. Uh, and we had good actors involved. You know, some really good actors. There were. It was a good cast. Uh, so I'm assuming you did not. the The role was offered to you. You didn't have to go through any kind of audition process or anything like that. I didn't know. You know what? Uh, they wanted because they because they had described him as something that he was supposed to be six seven and just a, a whole different you know and uh, um so i, I kind of wanted them to know what they were going to get in this situation sometimes sometimes you want to and i just but 
what I, I was working on another film called the dinner party at the time. Um, and I, uh, and I just, my audition was just talking to the producers and the director saying, this is, this is what I bring to this. This is what I think. This is, uh, you know, I, I, I brought up something about Sonny Barger, who was, uh, the original, um, Oakland chapter of, uh, of the Hells Angels. And this guy was six, was, um, you know, was a little guy. He was like five, seven. I mean, he ran, and he, he ran, he ran these guys. And I thought that this is, he has to be, he has to be, uh, powerful mm -hmm. in, in who he is. It's not just a, it's not just a physical presence. He has to, you have a, you have to have a sense that he has a, this strong, um, morality that he believes in it, it was great about the foundation is that they they have a they have a really good point of view yeah. i mean they're brutal but you know they're bringing up some things that are um pretty on point some a lot of things that i that i agree with and and you know when it goes to movies like wrong turn it goes into the line of like movies like the hills have eyes yeah where people take a wrong turn and it's always it's always somewhere in west virginia and i live in virginia and because of the movies that i've watched growing up are you I, in virginia? i've never crossed a state line yeah don't go don't go off the trail when you're on the Appalachian Trail, stay on it. Yeah, it's like I've never crossed a line into West Virginia, not only because of these, like, mutated people that live there, but then you have, like, uh, the Blair Witch Project, who where it supposedly also takes place. It's technically Maryland, but that area of Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia sort of all come together in this little triangle. But... Uh, what do you think of those kind of uh, movies like and um, Deliverance is, is also another movie uh, that is uh, supposedly in West Virginia. So when you go into these like uh, these families, these mutations, I guess, for a lack of a better term, do you like that style of genre? I do. Yeah, I do. I think there's a I think there's a lot of new things that can be done with it now because now we're, we're you know that divide in our country is is, is powerful and there's oh, yeah. a lot of there's a lot that it, it's fertile right now was what, it we what one imagines of the other mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, you know one perceives the other as completely irrational and that's really where a it's lot of sad. Yeah. It's sad, but it's absolutely true. We are definitely divided, and both sides think they're correct. And it's like, who's correct? And it's it, it's a it's for lack of a better term, it's a big shit show. Uh, your character in Wrong Turn is Venable. Was it yeah. always? I mean, was that the character that you were? It was known you wanted to play. Or was there debates on you playing other characters in the no, film? No, no, that was that was the part. That was the part. Venable. Um, and did you know? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the your character itself. Uh, did you add anything to it? Did you stick straight, you know, with the script? 
did the filmmakers allow you leeway to sort of bring your own uh, perceptions of what Venable should be into the role? Um, yeah, Mike, Mike Nelson, who directed it. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, once, once, you know, it, I just, I just took it, you know. And well, one of the things is that we. No, I, it's it's all script. Every I stuck to the script on this one. Um, uh, it's well, it's well written, and we worked with a dialect coach, and we were going to use an old. It was it was a Nord kind of language mm -hmm. what we used was we're actually speaking it um we're speaking the faroese language now you just you know when, you, when you're when you're doing uh you know when you're speaking another language or something unless you you know, you, you know it's italian and you know a bit of it enough of it to get around but faroese is just like you know so there's the dialect which was just great to chew on and then there's actual, um, you know, actual stuff that we, actual uh, language that we speak of it. And it's a very old language from the Faroe Islands. You know. So um, you, you said you had a... One of the oldest existing languages. You mentioned you guys had a dialect coach on the set. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have to work a lot with them to get it right? It wasn't on the set. I worked with them. Yeah, I worked with them. Uh, I enjoyed working with them. Because that was sort of like the SUNY purchase training was, you know, we had voice, speech, movement, all that kind of stuff. And working with uh, dialects, I, I love dialects um, and I have an ear for it. So this was, it, it was, it was, it was fun to do. It, it, it gave him, it was sort of a, um, it was a costume I could wear in addition to the costume that I was wearing and the, and the ram skull that I was wearing, mm -hmm. you know, it it uh, it carried a kind of authority. Yeah, and I I, uh, I I enjoyed that a lot. In over thirty years in this business, you have worked with a lot of different types of directors. I'm sure you've seen a lot of different personalities behind the camera. Uh, what kind of director do you feel? you are that brings out the best in you i guess is what i'm trying to say do you like somebody that allows you freedom uh do you like somebody that sits down with you and ex and explains their vision down to a t and give you full direction what is your preference when it comes to the kind of director you get to work with honestly just uh just somebody that uh has a vision and is is going to make a good film that's it all their job is to their filmmakers my job is to just like the gaffer it's like the sound department hair and makeup everything else they're there to do their job they don't a director is you know everything's sort of moving uh, crossing through him or her and the best ones are are uh the, the ones who are just kind of easy because mm -hmm. you know? they're in a, they're in the most this is why it's why i haven't directed a film i mean it just at the end of the day i want to go home you know and and you know they have to stick with this thing straight through post-production yeah. oh for fuck's sake i mean geez um and uh the best ones really really trust me mm -hmm. you know 
and I would I would say like Jim Nickel is the he's the who, who did uh, We Are What We Are. He he is he has an ease, and there's a reason why he's continuing to direct a lot of big things. Just has an ease about him, and he's uh, uh, you know, and he's sort of just he's. It, it, you know, a director. You just, I want a director who's just like you're. They're in the front of the canoe, and they're just sort of saying, "Oh, there's a rock over there, and there's you know, some trees hanging low over there." So just sort of, yeah, that's all it is. You know, I you don't. To, you don't have to sit down and discuss character. That's my job. Exactly, and you know, I had a director. I forget who, but this this comment he made really stuck with me. He said, 70 percent of directing is casting." And that conveys to me, oh. you gotta trust who you cast for the role and get out of their way once you cast them. Uh, do you agree with that? I do, and I'll take it a step further. So I, I taught a semester at Columbia University and I taught, uh, I was asked to do this. I was like, I thought I was way over my skis, but I ended up really enjoying this and, and found that I wasn't because um, they, the, the, the graduate students, uh, film filmmaking, uh, film students. And uh, basically what I ended up teaching them, what I ended up uh, exposing them to is how, how do you discern when you're casting it? Like, what is it that you, what, how do you find the actor? That, what is good acting? Mm -hmm. Want them to sort of like discern for themselves what, and that could be different for each of them. You know, there's not, um, you know, we can all agree that, you know, Jack Nicholson is a great actor yeah. or Meryl Streep is a great actor. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's going to be subjective and it should be. Um, and how do you recognize that for yourself? You know, who's and, and, and what you're trying to recognize. So I'd have them watch films that they enjoyed already. And why do they enjoy it? What, how much of it had to do with the acting and why? Mm -hmm. Why did they like these actors? So, and then I would say, well, in this particular situation, this actor is, you know, doing this. Or this you know. And almost always, these were films uh, where uh, the director really turns it over to the actor. Mm -hmm. yeah. Scorsese's going to make a good movie. He's going to Taxi Drivers. He's he's going to he's going to make it you know he he doesn't have to sit down and go deep into character yeah who travis bickle is he's gotten the right person yeah absolutely absolutely and for me uh like when i'm sitting down and i'm watching a movie and i'm watching actors on the screen and th there's just something and i can't put my finger on it i know they're acting and and then you have other actors like yourself, great actors who oh. it just totally, you don't, I mean, yeah, you know, rationally, this is a movie, they're acting a part out, but you're not constantly reminded that they're acting as opposed to some other actors. They're saying their lines beautifully. They're doing it. They're pouring out their heart in this role. But what would you say that is? What is the magic when it comes to acting that, makes the audience just feel wrapped up in what that actor is doing in that moment right so you're describing you're seeing 
you're seeing an actor. You don't want to see an actor. You don't want to see them working. Yeah. You want to see them being. Right? So, um, I think you know. I think it has to do with. Uh, it's what I call a metaposition. Right? It's it's you have to be able to to embed yourself in whatever you're doing without watching yourself. You have to have just enough of of you, you know, monitoring what you're doing. You need sort of this equilibrium yeah. between your intellect and your emotions. And the more you can, whatever process you can put yourself through, that puts you. It's you can only be in that particular space. You can only be there's a life between action and cut. Yeah. Okay, uh, that makes. Live it as, and live it as fully as you can. That uh, makes perfect that, sense. Yeah, yeah. You, get full, you can't help but you know you're looking at a. Um, I just made a fire over here for the, the wood stove thing. So you you know when you're watching something burn, you're just you're watching it. You know, you're just fully involved in that. So you know. Do you think that's something that can be trained, or that's where the talent comes in? Either you have it or you don't. Um, I think there's. I think both exist. I, I don't. I think. I think that there is something to be said for doing something for um, putting in a lot of time. You know that I think that there's there's truth to that. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ten thousand hour yeah. theory that you be, can become a master at. But, you know, at the same time, um, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, when I first stepped into acting that um, I could just do right from the beginning. Now, to sustain a, a career and to do many different kinds of characters and to go from different mediums, um, I'm very, I'm so at the, at this particular point, I don't look back on the training that I have and think that like, well, I didn't need that. No, I'm really glad that I had that foundation. Um, something that, that, um, <clears throat> something that could ground me, yeah. you know, um, in getting that training. And um, something that it's always there that you can fall back on if you need to. Yeah. And then again, I'd still would say that the best training is working. Yeah, and I, I've known, it, but there's there's like a small handful of actors that I've known that, um, like this actor Kyle Gallman, never studied, never never did a play, but he's one of the most amazing actors you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And I was in the he played my son in the catch, and it, it, so so something like that is just you know he didn't need it. Yeah, you're born with it. He that. just didn't need it. Yeah, that's. Uh, you know, so there's, that's an example. There's others, but like that—that's rare. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't yeah. have been uh, confident enough to do that. It does something very special when you do see it. Now, uh, considering the spectrum of characters that you've played in your career, is there a, a character type that you have not gotten to play yet that you really want to do? Uh, yes, I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I feel like it's something that that uh, that I think about a lot, and I, and I can't, but I can't sort of ex not really sure right now. It's something about um, yeah, I, I want to play a character that I want to play something that is uh, funny, but um, 
like a serial comedy kind okay. of thing. Um, and uh, um, it's constantly crossing my path in my imagination. Okay. And, uh, so <laughs> that's it's, it's good to hear. Now uh, we're all, we're pretty much almost out of time, but moving forward in your career. Uh, having done both television and film, uh, and theater, and theater, and theater, of course. Uh, where do you want to concentrate more moving forward? Is or it doesn't matter to you whether it's film, TV, or theater? No, I think I think the, you know, I think I think it's um, quality episodic television. Um, you know, um, something like. Um, I mean, you can you can think of something like the foundation if that were a series yeah. or or we are what we are or um or you know i always think the catch would be a great series yeah um i thought the pale door was i don't know if that got a lot of love um aaron i don't know if you saw it did you see that no i've not seen that it's it's a uh, i mean some of these other horror things that i've done where this would be you can really do something with this you know um um, there was a thing fender bender that I did about a guy who, who, uh, you know, bumps into millennials and then <laughs> falls in home and murders him. And he ends up like, he survives the thing. Usually it's, it's the, you know, but, uh, the protagonist gets killed yeah. and the antagonist lives and it's like, wow, maybe we should keep doing this one. That's, it's usually the opposite of what actually does happen. Right. Uh, just one more final, I gotta ask you this. When a project of yours releases, like let's say Wrong Turn, okay, finally gets released, do you pay attention to critic reviews uh, or once it's out there, you just sort of tune that out? I, I, I have no idea whether people like, <laughs> it's terrible. It's no, it's at the end of the day, it's whether you're think, happy with it. Yeah, I really couldn't give a shit. I yeah. hope people like it, but as far as, Critics, I mean, no, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't really care. I hope There's a reason why it. they're called critics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they have a they have a, a job to do. I mean, hopefully they're responsible about it and not just into, you know, hearing themselves, uh, you know, getting cute or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Bill, I want to thank you so much um, for coming on here and sharing stories from your great career. Uh, any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Yeah, see more, see more horror. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, horror, in my opinion right now, I've said this before, I think it's at its peak in popularity. Yeah, it, 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 has the, it, it has the potential to, to really go so much further to and become, you know, a really, really critical part of, uh, of our society. So where i, I want to do more where i feel it's still underappreciated is when it comes time for awards uh absolutely 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 yeah now and and the kind of thing that you're doing is i think it's valuable i think it's valuable to have a show like this where, where you're, you're you know I, i'm a fan of the show and you need it but uh, um you know thank you Thank you. That, that really means a lot. And so I want to thank you. This has been a fascinating uh, almost 40 minutes. I want to thank our audience for tuning in. 
those who are watching live, those who are going to watch this archived, those who will watch us when it goes to digital streaming. I want to thank our guest, Bill Sage. Um, you have a project that's uh, coming out that's in post-production. Uh, what is it called? Uh, one's called Hayseed. I have a couple things coming up. Um, but it's a, it's a strange time right now because of where we are. Exactly. The world's in you know, Everything gets delayed. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to coming out of this. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye out for it. Thank you, Bill. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on here. Thank you again to our guests. On behalf of Bill Sage and myself, stay safe. And until next time, guys, stay walking. Good night. Thank you.